Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. If you haven't caught on, I've been hosting a lot of Tuesdays this month as Sean Kelly is off today recovering from another win for the Pelicans last night against the 76ers and probably from that Mavericks game uh, two days ago, it's been an exciting couple days for the Pelicans as uh, they've won four straight after taking down the Sixers last night, 99-74. to It's their longest winning streak of the season, and they are 24-21 and on this season. It's the first time the Pelicans are three games over 500 since the 2010-11 season. How about that? We'll have plenty of Pelicans talk on this program. We'll bring in Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com to talk about the winning streak and the upcoming schedule. And we'll also have some post-game reaction from Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and Ryan Anderson. I'll get into Davis's line in our next segment, but it's not any different from what he usually does. And I'll just say it was another 30-point, 10-rebound night for the All-Star starter. Yes, it's hard to believe that the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You probably didn't realize it was here because we keep talking about inflated and deflated footballs. I am totally over that. Ready to talk about the game, and today it's Scott Shanley former Saints linebacker and Super Bowl champion that will help me preview the Seahawks-Patriots game. Yes, I will ask him about Deflategate, so yes, I'm kind of being a little hypocritical, but I am curious to hear what he has to say as a former player on the subject matter. After that, I promise I won't talk about it anymore. So plenty of good stuff on today's show. We'll start with a Pelicans recap next on the Black and Blue Report. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Wednesday, January 28th at 7 p.m. when the Denver Nuggets come to town. We're getting you ready for carnival season by giving the first 5,000 fans a free Pelicans tube can cooler. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the phone at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, and a whole bunch more. Tickets start as low as $13. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Mardi Gras is just around the corner, and Shreveport Bossier City invites you to experience Mardi Gras in the Arklatex, starting with the Crew of Centaur Parade on Saturday, February 7th. Cap it off with the Crew of Gemini Parade on Saturday, February 14th. 
Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. This is Pelicans forward Ryan Anderson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk about these Pelicans, winners of four straight after getting some revenge on the Sixers last night, 99-74. to The Pelicans shot 45% from the field. They were 7-16 of 16 from downtown, and defensively, it's the lowest amount of points allowed by the Pelicans this season. Here's Monty Williams with Sean Kelly after the win. Home stand continues defensively. You guys move the ball offensively. What else yeah. were you pleased about tonight? Well, <clears throat> just pleased with the win in general. I, I thought it'd be tough for us to get our emotions up for tonight's game after last night and playing a back-to-back, um, beating a team like Dallas and then having to play again against the team that plays hard every possession. I thought it was a business-like attitude in the second half. In the first half, I thought we were kind of floating a little bit. The ball movement was great. I thought we had 16 assists in the first half and we ended up with 28. Um, and our defense was, was decent tonight to hold a team in the 70s. Uh, says a lot about our growth as a team. And, and like I said, I'm pleased with the win. Coach Tyreek Evans had double-digit assists last night. He had 10 already in the first half tonight. I think he finished with, what, maybe 12. 12. Is he, is he now taking steps to, to be a, a more, I guess, willing passer or sharer in your offense? Well, I, I think it just takes time to figure out where guys are. You know, his ability to score and attack the basket is, is the reason why we got him. Now he's starting to play off of guys and, you know, maybe he's starting to understand how easy the game can be if you just let A.D. and Ryan and Eric uh, be finishers and then it opens up for him later on. But uh, his ability to pass and score is uh, something we value. What was the benefit, do you think, for your team in, in kind of almost sealing the game in the third quarter? Well, one, it gets our guys rest that needed it. They played big minutes last night and two, just giving us some confidence here at home. You know, it sends a message to the league that when they come here to play, it's going to be a tough game. If our crowd comes out like they did last night and tonight, you know, we're a tough team to beat here. Monty, the winning streak has you now three <clears throat> games over 500. It's the first time this team has been in that position since your first year as head coach. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Is there a sign there that should be read out of that? You know, I told our guys tonight they're going to, there's going to be a lot of discussion about you know streaks and playoff contention. Our, our goal is to play one game at a time and, and you know, try to pile up as many wins as we can. We're certainly thankful for the wins. We're thankful for the streak. I like a 20-game win streak, but you can't do anything about that 20th game. All we can do is prepare well for the next game, rest our bodies, and get ready to play against a good team. And those are the things we can control. Coach, thanks. Thank you. Ryan Anderson really likes playing at home, scoring 19 points last night after scoring 18 the night before in the win against Dallas. He was our star of the game on the Pelicans radio network, and he stopped by to talk to Sean and John right after the win. Mr. Anderson, it's a pretty good week thus far, wouldn't you say? It's a good week. It's loud. It's loud, oh, and, and it's uh, the people have just been great here. The, the, the crowd has been great, but I can hear a lot of noise here. Can you guys hear a lot of noise? No, we do, yes, and we enjoy it. I thought last night was fantastic. Here on a Monday, you get your first Monday win, and and they knew how to they knew how to pick you guys up. When when did they rise to the occasion, Ryan? And, and how did it match the way that you guys put this game away? Um, you know, we really moved the ball well tonight. Uh, obviously, Tyreek with ten assists in the, the first half. I mean, Tyreek can really control a game. Um, 
whether it's scoring or, or passing the ball. So he just had a great game tonight. And Anthony, uh, man, I mean, he just uh, showed what he can do tonight uh, all over the floor. Um, man, I mean, he's just a fun player to watch. Tonight was one of those games that was just fun to watch with him. Um, but we moved the ball, we played great defense, and we ran. And uh, we just uh, played a, a great game tonight. Ryan, you had some troubles there over a stretch. Uh, you seem to be back on track. Feeling okay? I feel like we've had this conversation before, <laughs> haven't we? No, well, we, we have. Yes. No, I, uh, yeah, you know, my body was feeling a little beat up. I needed to uh, obviously take care of my ankles. And um, I think uh, I'm definitely doing some work before games to get ready. And I've just felt great the past two games. And, um, you know, so, so it's, uh, it's a time in my career where I got to start taking care of my body more. And, and uh, it's a good thing. So I've uh, got a great staff here. After a month of trading wins and losses, how does a four-game win streak feel? Uh, it feels great. Um, you know, this team's confidence is an all-time high right now, and, and uh, we're really just playing well. This is the way we've kind of been building up to, to – uh, we've been building up to play this way all season. And um, just to play consistently and play hard and um, – just we it, it's fun basketball what should we expect on a wednesday when denver rolls in here that's a tough team uh obviously uh you know they're they're a running team they're a team that really likes to control the pace and we need to uh, uh protect our home court you know we need to just play tough and and um, move the ball just continue to move the ball continue to when we play the way we've been playing the past two games it's tough for any team to guard us um and uh so that's what we want to do we want to make them work and make them struggle Ryan, I'll give you something to share with your teammates when you head back to the locker room. Tonight, sure. the Pelicans are three games over 500 for the first time since the 2010-11 season. Congratulations. It's knock on wood there. Yes, sir. Well, I'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs> Thanks, right, Ryan. All right. Of course, we saved the best for last. Anthony Davis scored 32 points. He grabbed 10 rebounds. He blocked four shots. He did it all. He had three assists. He has 10, 30, and 10 games this season, which leads the league, and it was his 12th 30-point game tying him with LeBron James for second in the NBA. Here's what he had to say in the locker room after the win. way that last game went up there, I know you didn't play in Philly, but did you guys want to come in and kind of put them away? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, no disrespect to them, you know, but <clears throat> we came in with that mindset in Philly, like, oh, this is a team that we should beat, you know, and, <laughs> and they destroyed us, you know. So um, when coming off a good win in Dallas and then knowing that um, – what they did to us up there, you know, and we just try to come out and make sure that we get out to a good start you know, from, the, from the beginning of the game. And um, that's what we did, kind of got going. We kind of got back into it, but no matter half, we wanted to make sure that uh, we try to put it away. You had five laps and five dunks. Indicative of how your teammates set you up tonight or something yeah, that you were trying um, to initiate? No, for sure. They definitely set me up. You know, those guys to my left did you know, a ton. You know, they set me up and give me um, the ball where I can score. And uh, so, so, so did Eric and you know, all the other you know, guards on the team. And, um, that's, that's all they you know, care about, just you know, moving the ball. It doesn't matter who scoring. Um, <coughs> you know, hitting me early and starting open them, open the you know, lane up for them later in the game. Okay, so the Pelicans look to make it a five-game winning streak tomorrow against the Denver Nuggets at the Smoothie King Center. We will continue our Pelicans talk when we come back. Jim Eichenhofer is set to join me on the Black and Blue Report. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Throw me something! <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. 
Even those Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch-offs from the lottery. You could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beans, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Well, it's Tuesday, and this month that means it's time to talk Pelicans basketball with my favorite Pelicans guest, Jim Eichenhofer. He's joining me on the phone from Chateau Eichenhofer in an unspecified location here in New Orleans. Jim, always great to have you on, and it's nice to be talking about a winning streak longer than two games. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is probably, I think for a lot of people, the the uh, most um, enthusiastic and optimistic they've been about the team and, and the prospects that they have as far as, you know, they've really played well in the last week or so, and it's good to see them put a bunch of wins together. Absolutely. So let's talk about this last week. Uh, in your eyes, what have the Pelicans done well to get them where they are today? Well, I think one of the biggest things is that they've been playing better defense. I, they've held, they held um, Minnesota – and the Lakers down, they held the Sixers to 74 points. I know these are teams that are not the elite of the NBA, obviously, but they also, Pelicans also beat Dallas, which to me was probably, could be one of those pivotal wins that you look back on and say that it it changed a, a lot of the, the fortunes of the season. But I think the biggest thing is the defense. I think offensively they play better at home than they do on the road, and obviously three of these four games on, on this winning streak have been at home so you combine those those things and and you got a team that is playing probably the best it's played this season I'm glad you mentioned the difference between home and road because as we saw last week on the Eastern Conference trip uh yeah the road trip the road has been a struggle for the Pelicans but also it's been a struggle for Ryan Anderson now he comes back home he puts up double digit points in the last couple games he's been really effective shooting the ball can you pinpoint why Ryan is playing so much better at home, or is it just about the matchup he's been dealing with at home here the past couple games? I can't pinpoint it because even he can't pinpoint it. I know a few people have asked him about that lately of why he's done so well at home or why comparative, comparably he's done poorly on the road. Um, I think it's not unusual for players and teams to, to do better at home than on the road, but it is unusual that – the Pelicans have such a drastic split between, you know, their record at home is 15 and five and on the road, I think they're nine and 16 Um, for individual guys. I think some of it you have to um, say is because of the familiarity of the, of the arena and the rims. I think guys get used to shooting at with the same background and the same baskets. So I think that might be part of it, but over other than that, I really, it's hard to say. I mean, it's just been kind of, inexplicable this year of why they look so much better at home than they do on the road. Now, we can't have Pelicans talk with you, Jim, without talking about Anthony Davis, named an all-star starter last Thursday, put up 32 points, 10 boards, and four blocks last night, filled up Sports Center with plenty of highlights into him. I guess that could be a ho-hum day for him, just the way he's been playing lately. 
How good is it to see the fans around the world are starting to notice how special he is being voted as a starter in this year's All-Star game in just his third season? It's been great. I mean, I think one one of the thing things that comes to mind from last week when we were in Minnesota, um, the morning of that game, I heard a couple fans talking, Timberwolves fans talking, and they were saying, like, man, I, I'm so happy that Anthony Davis is going to play. And um, they usually when you when you're talking to other fans of other teams, they're happy when the best player of the other team is out because it gives their team a better chance to win, obviously. But I feel like people around the NBA from being on the road are so excited to see him play, and they that's like a bigger thing in their minds than anything else. It was the same way when we were in Philadelphia and New York City in the previous road trip. It, you could hear so much disappointment from the fans when people – when, like the PA announcer said, not playing tonight for the Pelicans will be Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. People were, were, were really disappointed because I feel like in a lot of cases – especially with some of the teams that are struggling, people buy tickets to the game against the Pelicans because they want to see Anthony Davis play. So, I mean, it's it's been great to, to see his popularity rise so much. And to be honest, I was surprised that he that his all-star votes went up as much as they did. I knew mm-hmm. they would increase, but for him to go from where he was last year in the voting to number one among Western Conference front court players, it just shows you, you know, what kind of year he's had and, I think also, obviously, the USA basketball stuff helped his popularity and, and how much people know about him a ton. Yeah, think about it. Going back to that, the all-star voting, I mean, he doubled basically what Blake Griffin was right behind him. So he had a nice cushion basically from the get-go. And last year he was a commissioner's pick. And now, like you said, that big jump for Anthony Davis has been great to see. Okay, after the halfway point in my eyes, it's time to really start scoreboard watching, I guess, as far as your Pelicans fans are. Unfortunately, for the last three years since I've been here, there really hasn't been too much scoreboard watching in January, but now they're three games over 500 for the first time since the 2010-11 season, the year before I got here. So, Jim, let's talk about the Suns and the Thunder are the two teams that you have to look out for, and since this four-game winning streak, it seems like we've gained some ground on both of them. Definitely. I mean, starting with the Suns, the Suns have kind of had the opposite-type season that the Pelicans have had. Well, New Orleans was has been like a win-one, lose-one, win-one, Phoenix has had these chunks of, of the schedule where they've looked either really good or really poor. And fortunately, in the last few days, they've lost their last two games, and they have a lot of tough games coming up. So um, they play Washington, Chicago, Golden State, Memphis, Portland in their next five games. So right now the Pelicans are only one and a half behind them, and it's very conceivable that they could make up even more ground in the next week or so. Obviously, we know from watching this season that we should never take anything for granted in terms of you know, who on paper, who the opponents are. But I think it's been uh, – the last week has been great because at one point the Pelicans were four games behind them and now it's one and a half, so that's a pretty drastic difference. Um, as far as Oklahoma City goes, they only have they're, – they're one game behind the Pelicans right now. They have three games between now and when there's kind of a unique home-and-home um, home consecutive games between the Pelicans and the Thunder. So um, – from the Pelican standpoint, hopefully they can stay ahead of Oklahoma City going into that. It's February 4th and February 6th that they play. Those two teams play each other in consecutive games, and obviously those games will be big for both teams in terms of staying ahead of, or for the Pelicans staying ahead of the Thunder. Pelicans also have a 2-0 series lead on the Thunder, so they really only need to split those two games to wrap up the the tiebreaker against them going down down the road later in the season. 
yeah, you're right. Good call on that. And also, we need to keep an eye out on Kevin Durant. He uh, it left, did not play yesterday against Minnesota. It could have been just a rest point, but I know he had a big, a left big toe injury. We'll have to keep an eye on that, see if that's um, could be lingering and could sit out. You know, Anthony Davis had out a few games with a toe injury as well. All right, Jim. Third game of the six-game homestand is tomorrow against the Denver Nuggets. The Pelicans lost to Denver on the road November 21st. A chance to get back at them for that loss. What are some keys to make this a five-game winning streak for the Pels? Well, I think it's another one of those games. It's not the same as Philadelphia because Denver's obviously a much better team than Philadelphia. But Denver's in a big-time struggle right now, too. So, I mean, it's it's one of those games you would you think that if you play well, especially at home, that you'll be able to to beat them. I think one of the things that Denver did really well against New Orleans the last time was they pushed the ball like they are known to do when they play at home in Denver. And I think one of the keys for the Pelicans will be to keep them from getting easy baskets. And um, if they do that, I think they have a pretty good chance to, to get another win and make it five in a row. Yeah, it's a good time and a good opportunity for the Pelicans because after that, the last three games on the homestand, pretty tough ones, the Clippers, the Thunder, and the Atlanta Hawks. So, Jim, this uh, the homestand doesn't get any easier after tomorrow. No, not at all. But, I mean, the good thing is, as we've probably talked about in the last few days, is especially after the Dallas win, is that even though New Orleans has had a lot of bad um, road losses, they've had a lot of great home wins. So it's not inconceivable that they can – and I've, I've said this a few times lately, that really the, all they need to do is keep playing the way they have been playing at home because they've beaten a ton of, of the uh, better teams in the NBA here, and some of those games even have been pretty one-sided wins like the game against Houston that was in early January. So, yeah, they have some tough opponents coming up, but the way they've been playing at home, I think they should feel pretty confident that if they play up to their potential that they can keep getting wins, even if it's against some of the better uh, teams in the NBA. Absolutely. That's Jim Eichenhofer, Pelicans.com writer. You can follow him at Jim. Is it Jim underscore Eichenhofer? Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So make sure you go follow him for all the latest and all his work. You can look out for it on Pelicans.com. Jim, thanks for the time. And as always, I'll see you tomorrow at the Smoothie King Center. Sounds great, Daniel. Thank you. Looking forward to uh, the game tomorrow. Absolutely. When we come back, we'll continue our Super Bowl coverage and bring in former Saints linebacker Scott Shanley. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. 
Welcome back to the show. We continue our Super Bowl coverage leading up to the big game. Yesterday we had on Steve Weiss from the NFL Network, and today we got our own Super Bowl champion to come on the show, former Saints linebacker and, of course, Super Bowl champion Scott Shanley. Scott, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Scott, before I get into the actual game, I'm always curious to hear from a former player about the days leading up to the Super Bowl. For instance, there's media day today and then practice the next few days. What's this week like leading up to the Super Bowl for you and the team? Well, I think it's just getting comfortable with, um, you know, being comfortable with the hotel and the new practice facility. And, you know, after the first couple of days, uh, you go through just the adjustment of getting settled. And then the media day, obviously, is kind of hectic and crazy. And then after that, your normal work week starts. And Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, feel just like any other week. You're just practicing at a neutral site and uh, getting ready for the game. So it's really the first couple of days that, that take the biggest adjustment. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, do, I don't know about you, but I'm getting really annoyed with all this Deflategate talk, but I'm going to be a hypocrite and ask you about it anyways. Are we making too big of a deal about it? Should we be taking it more seriously? What are your thoughts on this whole situation? Yeah, I really think it's it's been really overblown. I think a lot of it lends to the fact that we have two weeks of downtime with no game, so it, it's only going to gain traction and kind of snowball. And, and they're going to... They're going to talk about it a lot more than it probably should be. Um, my personal feelings about it is that, uh, you know, for for years, who knows what the proper inflation of the balls have been for every other team and quarterback and whether or not anybody else has been doing what the Patriots have been accused of doing. But for me, I look at it as, was there a true competitive advantage as far as helping the team win and lose a game? And I really don't feel like games have been won or lost over, over the ball pressure. Um ordeal so for me it's really been blown out of proportion do you think this takes away a little bit from the super bowl because sensing that's all we've been talking about leading up to the big game um i i don't think it will i think once that ball's kicked off nobody will really be thinking about it um i think you're gonna see two great teams uh probably the, the two best teams you know a lot of people thought would end up in the super bowl anyway so uh i really think once the ball's kicked off the, the whole deflate gate issue will will be pushed aside and probably revisited after the game because the off season they're going to need stories to talk about and, and they'll probably resume its its uh its point of uh you know emphasis after the after the Super Bowl's played. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Okay, I'll promise we'll talk about the game right now. Patriots and Seahawks on Sunday. Let's start with the Seahawks and their defense. They have the Legion of Boom. They have some great pieces on defense. You were a linebacker. What sticks out to you, not only the linebacking core, but Seattle's defense in general? I just think uh, to do what they do, you know, looking as a whole, to do what they do this day and age of offensive football and how the the rules of the game are kind of skewed towards helping the offense, I think it's remarkable. And I think it's refreshing, especially from a defensive perspective. They have a lot of young guys, great athletes, and they believe in what they do. They do it well. I mean, you know, when I watch them from a scheme standpoint, they run the same defense over and over again. And I think, uh, you know, that just lends to their 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 abilities, their physical football abilities that they're able to control offenses by doing the same thing over and over again. And it's really tough to attack because they get pressure with just four down linemen. They don't do a whole lot of blitzing. So it's just a, it's a tough defense to attack. And it's one of those things where you kind of have to be patient and uh, and and run the ball even though, you know, they don't give up a lot in the running game. You just kind of have to be patient and, and take your time with that defense. 
That brings me to my next question. Uh, you guys had to prepare for um, Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. Seahawks have to prepare for Tom Brady. They're a little different, but at the same time, they're both pocket quarterbacks. Is pass rush going to be the more important part of this game for the Seahawks defense, or is it going to be the coverage that's going to give them the better chance of stopping Tom Brady? Well, I think when you talk coverage and pass rush, it all goes hand in hand. The defensive backs, best friends, are always the D linemen and vice versa when the D linemen get coverage sacked. So it all goes hand in hand. But when you look at the Patriots offense, no doubt about it, they, they run the ball, but they they win and lose games by, by throwing the ball. And their quarterback is going to go down as one of the best ever, and he's he's a guy you have to affect. And I think over the course of time and even over the past couple of Super Bowls with the Giants, um, I think they've shown that, that if you want to beat the Patriots, you have to be able to get pressure on Tom Brady and get in his face and, and disrupt him. And to me, the one thing the Patriots do well is they, they have a good short intermediate game uh, with their wide receivers, their slot receivers, and their tight ends underneath. And, uh, you know, but at the same time, they're, those short passing routes play into a Seattle's cover three defense well. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Patriots can, can get any uh, vertical game and throws downfield to beat that cover three defense. Yeah, absolutely. On the other side, Russell Wilson has been great for Seattle, looking for a second straight Super Bowl win. He also has an un- unbelievable running back in Marshawn Lynch. From a linebacker's perspective, how do you stop a guy like that? Or should I say, how can you contain a guy like that? Because he's pretty hard to stop. Yeah, the one thing Seattle does a good job uh, with running the ball is they get ahead of the ahead of the chains, and by that I mean that uh, it's easier to call plays when you get into second and six and second and five, and and also when you're third and five or third and four. Um, you, the offensive playbook opens up a lot, and I think that's the one thing Seattle does good is they run the ball uh, effectively enough that they they don't allow you to open up your defensive playbook because they always have you in second and short or third and short. So that's one of the things the, the Patriots have to do well on first down is to get the Seahawks into second and 10 and, and third and eight, third and nine situations. And I think uh, it'll really benefit them if they can get them into those situations. Because Seattle's offensive weapons, as far as their receivers and tight ends, you know, aren't going to wow anybody. But they do a good job when they get into those those third down and short areas. Good stuff there. That's Scott Shanley, former Super Bowl linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. Okay, Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask for a prediction. If you don't want to, that's fine. But if you can, who do you like in this game on Sunday? Well, I think it's going to be a great battle. When you talk about the Patriots offense against the Seahawks defense, that's obvious. obviously the, the big battle everybody wants to see. But I think it's going to come down to uh, you know flipping it. How does that Seattle offense go, uh, match up against the Patriots defense? And I think the Seattle offense is physical. The Patriots' defense is physical. But I really think Seattle's going to have to be able to throw the ball, uh, you know, somewhat better than they they did the first three quarters against the Packers. But I think it's going to be a close one. But I think it's hard to go against Seattle's defense and uh, and the way they're playing late in the year. So I'd say Seattle in a close one. All right, good stuff. That's Scott Shamley, former Saints linebacker and Super Bowl champion. Scott, thanks for the preview. Yeah, no problem. When we come back, I'll wrap things up on this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. 
Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun, interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's about time to wrap things up from Studio B. Big thanks to Monty Williams, Ryan Anderson, AD, Jim Eichenhofer, and Scott Shanley for joining me on today's show. Our Super Bowl coverage will continue tomorrow. Sean's back in the hosting chair. We'll speak to Dave Pash from ESPN. He's also the radio voice of the Arizona Cardinals. And since the game is being played in Arizona, it's only fitting that we have Dave on to talk about the game. It's also, of course, a Wesley Wednesday. David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans will be on to preview tomorrow's game and talk about the Pelicans' winning streak. Tickets are still available for tomorrow's game against the Nuggets for as low as $13. And the first 5,000 fans will receive a Pelicans two-can cooler. I saw what it looks like yesterday. It's pretty cool. It can hold a six-pack of whatever beverage you would like, and it's the perfect uh, giveaway for the carnival season here that's coming up in the Big Easy. So come out, support this team, get a cool giveaway, and uh, let's see if the Pelicans can get it to five in a row against the Denver Nuggets. Okay, time to get out of here. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.